Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I am definitely over-caffeinated and underprepared today because this is my re-entry episode. I'm coming back from vacation. I'm in the studio. I'm no longer in an Aruban hotel room, which sounds more scandalous than it should when I just said that. Now I'm here, stateside, with my friend Vic Mattis. How are you doing, Vic? Hello, Mary Catherine. I'm okay. I would say you look like you are still in island mode, and I mean that as a compliment. Our listeners can't see us, but you are wearing a tank top, a a yellow or a green neon tank top, and it says, what does it say? It says, USA Beer Pong Olympic Team. (laughs) Again. (laughs) Again, it's like you could take the girl out of Aruba, but right, you can't take right. the Aruba well, out of Well, you could also just take the girl out of Goodwill, but you can't take yeah, the Oh, okay. Whichever works. That's <laughs> fine. It, it, it all works together. This is together. One, of my, one of my treasured finds. I actually got some comments on it on the beach. Like, okay. Oh, are you really an Olympic boy? <laughs> because they do that. They're, I mean, it's competitive, as you know. I am very yeah. competitive yeah. about it. Do you need... It's First of all, it's great to see you. You still seem very chill. Well, so I'm trying. The, the the swamp hasn't destroyed your spirits just yet. Wait till the show. Yeah. Do you need a vacation after vacation? Not. Okay. Not if you have a long vacation. This is my okay. Thing. So that okay. works. So I had a <laughs> I had a nice lengthy one. Yes. On on purpose. I was like, let's let's go for it. And then oh. of course inflation bit us in the butt. But it ended up being a more expensive time yeah. than we thought it was than we had planned for it to be. But my husband had a lot of leave. Because we had the baby and we're like, we've never done a, done a lengthy one before. No. So we said, let's do it. And I think by the end of a long vacation, you're ready to be back in your house. Yeah. So we were we were prepared yeah. to be home and get back into a, a groove. And the kids start school next week. So I was doing back to school stuff yesterday. I was I was on it. Yeah. OK. For one whole day. And, and today it fell apart. <laughs> well, it's OK. And they don't go to they're not back to school immediately. Right. No, they they're haven't. next week. Next week. Oh, my goodness. I'm just I'm, right now. I'm just collecting crayons and rulers. That's my quest this week. Is there anything that when you came back that you're like, oh, I missed this, so you wanted to, or or nothing? Hmm. No, it was more like I want to go to the lazy river at ten in the morning. Oh, okay. now I can't. So you actually, it's things that you miss in Aruba. Yes, is what you're saying? Yes. Okay, yeah, and a little cocktail. Yes, but I did succeed because we were lo- gone for a long time. You even you noticed, Vic, that I am a slightly you got some color darker hue. Now it's not much. Uh huh. Because I am of very white people descent. Yes, I, can't, yes. I don't. I can't even really pinpoint. It's all the all the ones who are whitest. Like, like my wife. Yeah, the Germans, yes. the French. Yes. This, this is us. So it takes a while, and it will be gone in several days. But you know, but it's like you know, when you're doing a paint job, you have to go through mm-hmm. layers True. and layers and coating and coating. Yes. And you can't just immediately just I'm like throw a, it on. I'm there. like a Victorian home. <laughs> well, my wife is the same way. As you know, we were in Cape May, and so. I could feel, I almost, a lot of times I just don't put any sun water on. I mean, on of course. At all. But even I'm beginning to like peel like my, Dare you know, I call it your privilege. It is. I know. I should check my <laughs> melanin privilege. Oh, Thank God. you. We're going to get in trouble for that I know, one. No, no, but it is, it is true. So I, I still have a nice dark, dark color, but over time, I think that's going to sadly, sadly fade. My wife, again, she, she seemed very white at the time, but in retrospect now, she has actual some color. See? See? Yeah, you got it. You it, really, when you have to put side-by-side photos to recognize it, mm-hmm. that's when you know. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but again, what I like to do is I like to do with all the kids and the whole family and my wife and I, I like to do the forearm test. We line our forearms together and see who uh, who's the darkest. I always win. Yeah. Almost well, always. Almost always. My dad would have me beat. Yeah. But. So I... The kids are the kids are tanner than I am. I have to say I'm very I'm very careful. They about tan that well 
because well, one of them tans well. The baby, of course, was oh, shaded the no, entire no. time. Yeah, but they're tanner than I am. I'm very careful about sun exposure, so I'm very proud that in the Aruban sun, we went the entire time with no sunburns. They got tans, but not, nothing painful. Good. You don't want to have to deal with that. I'm I'm very careful about that. And then I, I told my my middle kid, she's I was looking at her and her hair is blonder and she's tanner. It's all sort of melding together and i was like you're just you're like the color of simba now like all over she's just a little simba she's the ideal yeah <laughs> we're all trying to reach that state of sort of perfection you know yes. the uh, I, you know what i was thinking about what happened to suntan oil because everyone puts sunblock on now right but i don't know anybody that slathers on the suntan, do you remember it was like banana boat or whatever oh, yeah. it was? And, and, co- and I think it's just coconut oil, basically, Coconut right? oil, and it smelled like, you know, yeah. it was it was delicious. You I still smell coconut it. and think of suntan, suntan oil. Yes. It's like an 80s smell of Hawaiian tropics. That's right. Does does no one do that anymore because it's dangerous? Is that what happened? Yeah. Like I think no one glistens. There's you nobody glistening anymore. You can still get the oil, but it has like eight SPF. Oh, yeah. There's still, even, even in the sun... Yeah. tan oil yes. which you slather on which is I think so. yes and, because, and and i'm like <laughs> i gotta be in double digits guys i can't there was, i can't be in the single digit there was an urban legend when i grew up about like you you got to be careful about not getting too much sun because there was the story of the woman who put on all the suntan oil and then she also sat on aluminum foil oh no. she fell asleep and then she cooked to death oh that God. was and i don't know if it's true but that went around like don't use aluminum foil you know, that's... No, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. You're just a chicken at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, at which point it's Kramer-like in, in, in Seinfeld. So, don't do it. Okay, well, very interesting. No, so now we're back, and I'm back to the very mundane collecting of school supplies. Welcome back. I ordered them on Amazon because I, I was ahead of the game, man. Mm-hmm. I was ready. I was like, we're going to land, and I'm going to have the stuff. I'm going to put okay. it all together. I got to say, this is my other consultancy, aside mm-hmm. from the barbecue realism yes. that I'm going to give to politicians. Teachers and principals, I would like to offer the service of taking your emails and turning them into bullet points because I'm getting column length. Yes. Column length discussions mm-hmm. that need to be bullet points. And then my, my kids, I'm going to hold it up for you. This is the school supply list from the school that I love. Oh, my god. Okay. It's just very, it's like school supply list, but make it torture. Yes. And each grade is different. It's four columns. Four columns. That's a lot to remember. <laughs> so you can see my markings. It's a it's an adventure what I've done here, and it's not even like you can't collate it because they're not the same on every line. So you got kids in two different grades. This is a first world problem, but I would like I to help. That's what I- yes. <laughs> also, you know when you when the kids get old enough, then they have different schedule days. You know, at least in my daughter's school in public school, you have A days and B days. And oh, then, you know, Lord. you're switching I don't want to think about it. And it's just like, where are they at any Producer Colin is over here stressed out yeah, just yes, hearing yes, about yes, it. Wait, but that's that's a little bit special. But we, we got it mostly done. And I learned last oh, year that if you. you leave a few things off, no one's coming it's after you. It's okay. You're going you're gonna to be all right. Yeah. As long as it's not the, in, the, in our school, don't leave the Bible off. But the like, if there's a ruler missing, you'll be okay. Right. So here we are. I did order everything. I, I ended up with so many crayons because I did the thing where I was like, this is the number of crayon packs they need. Click, order those. They were two packs. Oh, so now, now you have, have extra. Double the crayons. So I will be donating crayons unless you guys need crayons. Did you ever get They're the- They're Crayola. Okay, so did don't you get turn the, your nose. Did you up. get the Crayola with the sharpener? Does no, that, you ever get no, that we one? No, we did not. That's the 64 pack. We're not going And there. it's a 64. And you know what? It's not a great sharpener. 
It's not. It's not. It's not. All we need is the. You want with that little nub. twenty four pack. We're in a twenty four oh, pack range nice. right now. Yeah. Excellent. Who's mad at that? So anyway, we got. What does that come with? Burnt of... sienna. <laughs> I don't think sienna is in there. Okay. Burnt sienna is not in that pack. You got to go big. Yes, that's to get right. That. Yeah, okay, you got to go right. sixty four. Okay, I do have. I do have a. a you love to see it moment. Yes. On me. Okay, good. What did you do, Vic? My phone. I hate my phone. The other day, my iPhone SE, which I guess stands for special edition, but really is the senior edition because it's for (laughs) old people. It's no frills. So I wanted to play. I have voice memos on the phone, which I think are adorable because they have stuff from the kids when they're small and everything else. I'm I'm there with my daughter. Oh, this is a funny one. I look at it. All of a sudden, no, no, no. That sound effect, all the files disappeared. They're gone. They're gone, no. and I don't know where they are. Like, if they're in the iCloud somewhere, the or, baby Madises, we everything need those. and my mother and everything. Oh. And so, it's, and interviews with Michelle Richard. Not that that's more important than my like, like my mother, <laughs> but I mean, like, all the stuff was there. So, you know what you do? You go to Apple. You can text with them. Okay. And they clearly are trying to just. I can't hear them, but I know they're typing in the yeah. search for how to find lost voice memos. Because yes. I'm like, no. It's not in a deleted folder. I did not delete it. The deleted folder has nothing in it. And it was just the memos that disappeared? Yes. That's weird. And I just saw them just disappear, gone. Except for one. For like from my most recent interview of a chef at Modena Super in the city. Weird. Everything else was gone. So what happened? Is it after an update? So you know what the next step is? You got to go to the Genius Bar, right? At, at, I have to make an appointment for that? Which, calling in a bar is oh, really overselling yeah, I, the you experience. You know what? I need a drink. Yeah. Okay. So- the, you love to don't, see it. It's yeah. false advertising. It is don't false tell advertising. me this it is, is a bar. I don't have to go over there. Are they really going to have anything for me? So the you love to see it moment is a few episodes ago, I was teasing my in-laws about having to go to Randy, the computer guy. Right. I'm going to have to go to Randy, the computer <laughs> guy. I love it. Because I'm at that. I don't know. I have nothing. What else do I do? I, I'm at this point where I'm just going to give other people the technology and do it for me. Yes. They've got to be in the cloud, right? So, That's my answer for everything. Everything. I know, Just like, right? It's probably in the cloud. Why isn't it there on the phone? If anybody has any thoughts, let me know. I don't know. But I, I will I say, and, it, and you should back them up as Vic's experience has taught us, but I always recommend to parents, you should do more voice memos with your kids. Oh, my because gosh. Because that is one thing that their voices mature so much over a couple of years. And my gosh, no, to me, nothing captures their littleness oh, more so than sweet. hearing them talk. The, oh. Their sweetness because, you know, my son's like, hey, dad, yeah. you, know, you know, and his voice is lower than me. But, but you know, then they're so adorable. So the cute. they say. So it's like, ah. And, I, I, and there's something weirdly different about just listening to voice versus the videos. Yes. The videos are great, but something about the just No, it, it's something different. So I used to record my kids and do little interviews with them, and I should continue to do it. Do your kids have anything that they still say? No, your kids are too old for this. What? My kids have a couple things they still say incorrectly that I don't. Oh, Correct. no. They, yeah, no. I know what you mean. So, you should write them down because you're going to forget. I, know. I do. I, I, I actually, used to tease them all the time. On vacation, I heard I a couple of them and was like, I need to remember this. One is they think that the word mascot is mousecot. Oh. I think because the first one they ever encountered was a mouse mm-hmm. for something, maybe Chuck E. Cheese or something. So mousecot and never correcting that. And then my middle kid, and I don't know if she still does it, but it's so funny. She has always called Popeye Popeye. Like with oh, the emphasis oh. on the wrong syllable, yes, on the wrong syllable. Papai. Papai. I'm like, hey, sweetie, what's the name of the guy with the, mm. the muscles who eats <laughs> spinach? Papai. <laughs> and then it cracks Sweet. me up every time she says it. So no. not changing remember that either. Remember it, record it, remember it, yeah. and put it on a flash drive. All right. <laughs> because <laughs> Carry the your technology thumb drive around. will get you. 
It is. This is this is what Sonny Bunch of the Sub of Beacon the says. Beacon. You got to have it physically. You have to have it for movies. You don't own it. You don't own any of the CDs. You don't own it. Yeah. One day it's gone. I don't know where I'm going to store them, but I'm working I on know. it. Okay. Are we moving on to the news? Yeah. All right. <laughs> We're talking about the news. The Inflation Reduction Act passed. We talked about that. I believe it hadn't gone through the House when we talked about it last. We've now all, the press, the people who passed it, the fans of it, have all dispensed with the notion that it is inflation reducing. And in fact, right. it is a climate spending bill and tax bill. Yeah. Ah! Now it can be said, as we say sometimes it's around here. Yes. And the current press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, was on ABC's This Week, This Week, with John Carl, who, right. who went there. He, he asked her about this. I'm going to play a little clip for you guys. But, but let me ask you, it's, it's called the Inflation Reduction Act. But the Congressional Budget Act uh, Office, which is nonpartisan, said that there would be a negligible impact on inflation this year and barely impact inflation at all uh, next year. I mean, isn't it almost Orwellian? How can you call it Inflation Reduction no. Act when the nonpartisan experts say it's not going to... So I appreciate that. Out? I appreciate the question. We've actually addressed this, the, the CBO. It was the top line number. There's more in there that shows uh, that it will have the money uh, from... Remember how we're doing this, too. It's it's making sure that billionaires uh, in corporate America are, pairing, are paying their fair share, making sure that it's that the tax code is a little bit more fair. And so when you do that, when you put it in its totality, you will see that it will it will bring down, lower the deficit, which will help fight inflation. None of that's real. Orwellian. <laughs> I like, he has to cushion it with, oh, almost Orwellian. It's almost. like, just go for it, John. Yeah. Go for it. Go all peace. the way. We've always been at war with these things. And stations. she's like, I, I enjoy. I, I appreciate that question. Well, that's a good way to do it. And then, and then talk about something entirely different. And she's really gotten good at that. I mean, it's just... Nonsense. I'm beating a dead horse here, but it's just nonsense. And I enjoy also the the responses in my Twitter feed. It was like, the IRS needs to double in size and it needs $80 billion. You'll remember that when Elon Musk was attempting to buy Twitter. Yeah. $44, million, $44 billion, we were oh, told, could cure oh, all the world's problems. Yes. But the IRS needs $80 billion, almost double, to answer calls at its call center because that's the pitch i'm getting the pitch i'm getting is that we'll get marginally shorter wait times when the irs is raking you over the coals you can call and get some really good service because as history has shown us Vic, when you double the size of a cruel bureaucracy with a lot of power what you get is more kindness and efficiency yes that's what you get you yeah that's that's always the it's it's the great solution to any problem Spend more and hire more, get more people. You no know, problem. If the bureaucracy were only bigger, we would have fewer problems. It would all work. And I'm, I'm willing to believe that, again, I think I said, I'll play along with, like, we could use a little more money to do these things better. All right, fine, whatever. Yeah. I'm, we're spending my money anyway. I know we're not going to be able to stop you. I'm just playing defense here. But you don't need this much. And it's not going to cure inflation. Get Get over it. That's the thing that's really shocking, right? That what, what did them in is a congressional budget office, right? It's a nonpartisan analysis. Other people had been claiming this for some time. Obviously, Americans for Tax Reform and other people have been saying this. But once the CBO came out with it and other media outlets began to mention it, 
then the next thing you know, they're not calling the Inflation Reduction Act the Inflation Reduction Act. It's the Climate and Health Bill. That's what we voted on. Yeah, well, that's important. It's really important. And so Senator Mike Crapo wanted to include an amendment to force language in into the bill saying that yes. they promise they're not going to this increase in the IRS budget is not going to lead to anyone under who makes under $400,000 being audited and there was a verbal commitment to that but at the end of the day there wasn't and the amendment failed i think yeah. it was a 51 to 50 vote because they don't want that in there they don't want it they want in the there. option to do this that's right and janet yellen has already changed the you know the language which is it won't increase their share of audits is what she says. <laughs> oh, so, how nice. So Crapo had the Congressional Budget Office do an ana- run the analysis By anyway. the way, the CBO yeah. score didn't come out until after the thing was after, well, a fait accompli. That's right. that's right. On purpose, because they didn't want you to see all this. Yeah, that seems to be the, uh, the MO. Yeah. So the CBO d- runs the analysis, and sure enough, they think over the next span of the next 10 years, something like $20 billion will be gotten out of middle-class audits. Great. And they want to squeeze out. The plan is to squeeze and we out. And we paid $80 billion for that. That's correct? right. That's Good. right. But they believe they'll get about $204 billion. Well, as we know, the their, the their, their predictions are always correct. So I'm sure. That's right. That's yeah. right. And not to mention any of the other. I mean, we've t- talked about the the climate and, and, and aspects of the bill and how it's going to reduce temperatures by maybe mm-hmm. 0.0001 degrees at the end of the century. Well, and the. People are probably going to be like, why, why is she so concerned about this one? Because it's, it is, it's small potatoes compared to what Build Back Better could have been and yeah. many of the okay. other things that they've passed during this administration. This one bugs me because the name is such a lie, because it's so blatant, because it's on top of what, five, six trillion yeah. that has been spent. And the problem is that we're spending money. Like, how do we think this is going to fix and, anything? Right, right, right. We're still in the middle of inflation, right? I know. I know. Joe Biden said inflation was zero. Oh, we did right? not address that. We didn't even that. get that. That we were that. That was in between our episodes. Can we but... stop insulting everyone's intelligence? I mean, that's like kind of the purpose of this podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> we know. We we know it's not zero percent, and we also know that that we're now going to be pumping in hundreds of billions of dollars more into the economy. It just doesn't seem like a good idea to me. It doesn't seem like a good idea. And for that reason, I'm annoyed by it. <sighs> All right, a more serious story, actually, than this one. I do want to talk about Salman Rushdie, who was attacked in New York in a very sort of idyllic spot, lecturing. He was attacked by a 24-year-old. The name of that guy is Hadi Matar. The news coverage of this has been interesting. He's recovering. He was on a ventilator, which was very scary, and, and just sort of like darkly... Poetically, he was unable to speak at that time. He is, which is, of course, the point of all of this. Mm-hmm. He is now able to speak again. His son put out a statement saying that his his humor is still there, but his injuries will be life changing. Oh. So that's he was stabbed in the neck, and I believe yeah. maybe in the eye, the liver, something like that. Crazy, like fifteen times. Scary. People from the audience came and intervened, helped rescue him, did first aid on him. Mm-hmm. And so I just thank God for good care and good news that he is recovering. This is, of course, a culmination of a 30-something year, 30-something year? Fatwa. Oh, yeah, it was in 1989. For the novel Satanic Verses, which, by the way, I have never read, and I'm now going to put on my Kindle, so come at me. I should have read it long ago. But there there are few people who have been braver in the face of, of attacks on their free speech and on free speech in general than Salman Rushdie. And he got married to Padma Lakshmi, so... 
Uh, you know, I, I like know. a round of applause for that yeah, guy. I know. Yeah. Lucky they're, him. They're not, are they not married anymore? They're I don't not, know. Right? You know, yeah, Colin is shaking his head. He's going to, as we say, after that. <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's funny because Padma Lakshmi, of course, used to be very close with Christopher Hitchens. As you know, uh-huh. they were good friends. And, of course, Christopher Hitchens and Salman Rushdie were very, are, are, you know, were very good friends. If you go back to the time where the Satanic Verses came out and the fatwa by Ayatollah Khomeini was issued, there are some great video clips out there of Christopher Hitchens nice. excoriating those who were not coming to Salman Rushdie's defense. He said that it's the only side. It's not about taking no. one side or the other. It is the only I'm, side to I'm take. I'm usually of the mind that like, when you say there's only right one right side, that's not a correct In mm-hmm. this case, no, no, no. Free expression It wins. really is. And what is sad, and you saw it in the coverage, is that people are, uh, like, unfortunately, sadly, again, poetically, reticent. Right. In the face of this, because the new way of thinking is not that you automatically stand up for free expression. The new way of thinking is that, well, it was pretty offensive. Right. And that's what people said at the time. They were so yeah. scared about offending Islam, whereas other religions you can always make fun of. Nobody cares about that, clearly. But they were really worried about that, obviously, at the time. And so there were a lot of people who were actually defending the fatwa. That's crazy. But you go back, if you go back, you'll find these on Twitter or on YouTube these interviews and these panel discussions. There was one that was moderated by Boris Johnson. Oh, and really? Yes, and Hitchens has a great defense. And he looked at it, he said, this is absolutely awful, and you people are terrible. Well, and what's sad is that there are there were far more people willing to stand up then. Oh, yeah. And now, a lot of the human rights groups were like, oh, do we say anything? And do we, we certainly don't mention a motive. Like, oh, I don't know. Right, because there's free speech, and then there's free speech. Right. And, and so, and yeah. people are very wed to the idea that, Words are violence, and mm-hmm. then, therefore, violence in response to violence is basically okay. Yeah, that's right. Now, they don't think that this is okay or laudable, but they are just sort of, like, in a weird position. And Barry Weiss wrote about this and pointed out, that, like, you know, a lot of people think they're on the side of tolerance, but what they are actually end up being, mm-hmm. having a lot in common with, is folks who think that a violent attack on Salman Rushdie is okay. Because that's where you have put yourself rhetorically. That's right. So actually, our friend Sonny Punch, mentioning him twice on the show, was in a state about the Pen Award people. Yes. Because, you know, of course, they're expressing their, you know, sympathies with, with, with Salman Rushdie. But they refused to award Charlie Hebdo, you know, after that horrible thing happened where the, the, the French yes. publication and all those journalists were murdered yeah. because of the cartoons. Because the cartoons, the content of the cartoons. Can't have that was that's right offensive another thought was so this took place in chautauqua mm-hmm. in, in lovely upstate new york best time to be in, in upstate is in the summer it is as a friend of ours described it the embodiment of npr which is interesting yeah but it's unclear if the assailant happened to be there he sees salman rushing he said well it's incumbent upon me because of this Fatwa that has no statute of limitations, so right. I'm going to go and do it now. And he just happened to have a knife, or he yeah. was there, or he was because there because he knew he was going to be there, and it happened. Yeah. And I feel like the media is very hesitant to actually say this is directly linked to the. Oh fatwa. yeah, no, no. The, I enjoyed. Look, I'm for being responsible and circumspect and figuring out what a what a motive actually is yeah. before you assign one. However, in this case, because we all know and have known for almost 35 years mm-hmm. that. There is a directive to kill him for this reason. Yeah. Perhaps we should 
assume that that might be the motive and then like if it changes we could we could update the story but there was a lot of confusion right deep confusion about what the motive what could the motive have been the attacker as they called him and and how to describe he was a, it he was attacked by an attacker no That's who he was this should this should what it should really light a fire under anybody who really believes in the importance of free speech and Certainly Bill Maher was not afraid to go and talk about the problems with Islamic fundamentalism and radical Islam. He should be careful. No, it's, it, you know? it, is, it is actually scary. That's You're right. actually putting something on the line. I had not realized, I was a bit young for, for understanding this story when it first happened, although I certainly knew about it. It was very much in the cultural consciousness. So I've always known about it, but I had not realized until reading, I read Barry Weiss on the subject and did not realize that several translators have been attacked or killed of, of the satanic verses uh, for this reason. Um, others have died in terrorist attacks of people who translated this book. This is in Berkeley. This is a, when satanic verses was yes. published. Consider the heroism of Andy Ross, the owner of the now shuttered Cody's books in Berkeley, which carried the book and was bombed shortly after the fatwa was issued. Here's Ross. It was pretty easy for Norman Mailer and Susan Sontag to talk about risking their lives in support of an idea. After all, they lived fairly high up in New York apartment buildings. It was quite another t thing to be a retailer featuring the book at street level. I had to make some really hard decisions about balancing our commitment to freedom of speech against the real threat to the lives of our employees. After the bombing, he gathered all of his staff for a meeting. Imagine this in Berkeley today. I stood and told the staff that we had a hard decision to make. We needed to decide whether to keep carrying satanic verses and risk our lives for what we believed in, or to take a more cautious approach and compromise our values. So we took a vote. The staff voted unanimously to keep carrying the book. Tears still come to my eyes when I think of this. It was the defining moment in my 35 years of book selling. Wow. And I have trouble imagining a liberal mecca oh. with an independent bookstore standing up for a similar tome these days right. unanimously. And that's, that's actual courage. The pressures are enormous. And the problem is, you know, certain members of the left are sort of, they're in a bind because on the one hand, they love to preach about equal rights and, you know, the whole DEI thing, right? And on the other hand, they're very protective of, you know, anyone who might go after Islamic fundamentalism. And so the contradictions of what the, the faith dictates regarding, let's say, gays, for example, is a real bind for them yeah. because they're, they're sort of— they're sort of, Just going to politely ignore that yeah, part of that, it. That's right. That's right. That's right. Or, or women's rights, for that matter. Yeah. And Rushdie himself, of course, lived under constant yeah. security and under a under an assumed name. But it just shows it never ends. Even the Ayatollah is dead. It's 30 years well, later, but it's not gonna, it doesn't end. You know, I love the West, but we do not have this kind of attention span. No. that's We're 33 years in? Yeah. We'd be like, oh, wait, who's that guy? No. no. And remember, uh, you know, it wasn't long ago, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, where it was all over the news about trying to figure out who had killed out West those five Muslim men. Oh, yes. That was a... I this in the had last to, Had episode. to put that one aside. Until, yeah, it was, it was a Shiite-Sunni issue. Started, there's no follow-up, and I'd like to know what the follow-up is, but there's no follow-up. So. Yeah. yeah. Here we are. Here we are. But we are. A, a timely reminder... I'm just throwing it all into words, one subject. What's words are not violence. Violence yeah. is violence, and we wish the best to Sir Salman Rushdie and that he, right. he gets better and has a full recovery. So yeah. we don't know exactly a ton more than that at this time. Moving on to... The search at Mar-a-Lago. Dun, dun, dun. The story of the next two years. 
That's right. The next two years. Yeah, this is what we're going to be doing. Where are we now? What's happening, Mary Catherine? Well, they allegedly took three passports that belonged to Trump, and now we're fighting over whether they took that or whether Trump just said they took that or whether they're going to be returned, whether it was legit to take those things. And actually, actually, this is the this is the discourse. I just did the discourse for you, you guys. Thank you. I do. I sound cynical. I am cynical, not because I am a huge Trump fan, as many know, but because doing two to three more years of the oh this he's he's guilty of obstruction of justice probably and some other things and just right around the corner we're gonna get him i have trouble with this i have trouble with this story and now we have moved to the strategic leaking part of the story which is there's an investigation ongoing officially they can't comment on exactly what's going on this is just like pre-muller world and then muller investigation world And so they leak what they want to leak, or certain actors do, and then the press sort of cobbles something together. To the friends in the media. Well, and the the press has a conclusion to which it wants to come, and it has wanted to come to that conclusion for six years now. And so this country so desperately needs a reliable narrator, (laughs) and we do not have one because Trump is not one, and I know that, but the story I'm being peddled elsewhere also does not feel thorough and correct. No, every headline feels like this is it. He has, and one of the things- The they, whole thing is just a Coyote Roadrunner gif. And I, I will I'll happily correct myself yeah. if they really nail him. Same. But we've been through this quite a few times and I refuse to ignore that we've been through this quite a few times, which is what a lot of people are doing. They're like, oh, what are we talking about? The, the FBI, did, FBI is sacrosanct. What, when it, I yes. can say that word, sacrosanct. sacrosanct. I got it. <laughs> That's the thing. So. The search happens, the raid happens, which they don't want us to call a raid anymore. They don't turn out, there's no smoking gun that everyone was expelled. They, they got to go in there for something. There's got to be a reason why they did it. And this whole thing is drawn out now. And they say they can't comment on this because it's an ongoing investigation. But as you mentioned, they will leak it to certain allies in the press. Yeah. Like, oh, nuclear secrets. Maybe that's what it is. Oh, could it be nuclear well, and secrets? Look, and and look, then, again, that's I, I, the don't, story. I don't want to dis- discount. Espionage act. I don't want to discount that that could be true yeah. and terrible, mm-hmm. right? That's the real thing. However, what do you mean by that? Yeah. We can't actually know. Right. Partly because we're not supposed to have access to that kind of stuff. We don't know the motivations of the people talking about it because they're unnamed. And how tendentiously is this related to those things? And then a, a, another layer of this, which... Oh, there's know, many I'm gonna, layers. I'm going to both sides you on this. Uh-huh. But people are like, how can you not be mad about this if you were so mad about Hillary's Hillary emails? Well, let me offer you this. I think they're both bad. Right. I think they're actually pretty analogous. She had, there's more evidence that she tried to oh, destroy yeah. hers. His we don't we haven't gotten to that portion yet. Maybe that leak will come mm-hmm. soon. They're pretty analogous. And my concern above both of the actual bad actors mm-hmm. and actions is that it's incumbent upon federal law enforcement to treat them similarly. Similarly. Assiduously the same. If no one's so equal, we don't if have no one's people. above the law, if everyone's right. equal under the law, then everyone's equal under the law. And so, for those people who are all you know in a state about this, well, it's true. She's, I think, in the same violation of the same U.S. code for doing what they're saying Trump and did. But they didn't go into Chappaqua or wherever to seize take, the server. Seize the server. Do you remember when they asked her about? Did you wipe the server? And she said, "What with a cloth?" And everyone laughed. Sigh. And every, if it was. 
If it was a Republican president, it was Trump who said that people would be crying I know. and demanding, you know, they'd be storming the gates. But the so. treatment, the equal treatment of the two, right. to me, is more important than the actual deeds because that's the part that's fundamental to relying on our democracy and to just, function. And just the thing about the nuclear secrets thing, because, you know, any bit they'll run with it. And that's the big story of the day until the next story. If it turns out. Well, it all changes all be, the time. Yeah. But it, it slowly you throw it on the wall and see what sticks. And the nuclear secrets thing, as soon as that came out, Michael Beschloss, America's favorite, and most beloved and sacrosanct historian, he tweets out unrelated to anything. Oh, Julius and Ethel Rosenberg, you know, they sold secrets to the Soviets and they were executed. Hint, hint. You see? I believe actually a an Obama era national security advisor type responded to that like af- affirmatively. Yeah, of course. Well, there you go. So, uh, John, y'all pull it together. You know, I we said this. I know John Podorich has been saying this on commentary about this is a fishing expedition. It turns out this is a fishing expedition, and I think it is. But it's a fishing expedition using a trawler, and yes. you're going to get that. They, they're just going to whatever they can get. That's the whole purpose, and they can stretch this out. For the next, as you said, two years. Oh, yeah, no. We're That's gonna... the whole point. But it actually serves his purposes as well. Of course it does. All attention serves him. This is the thing. All, atten- all attention Trump. is good attention. And this is the thing that the 2016 field didn't understand. Now, they were all split, so it was very difficult to marshal one person who could who could take him down. Yeah. But I will never be mad at Carly Fiorina for having that wonderful moment where she cut him down at the Reagan Library for insulting her. I will never be mad at... I thought it was a fantastic moment. I will never be mad at Rubio for going dirty because I am of the mind that bullies need to get punched. However, those things are ineffective with him. Yeah. They just are. He and feeds you have to, off of it. You have to own up to that. You have to recognize the truth of that. Yep. And why? Did, part of the reason Biden won is because the basement campaign was very effective because it just fans his special sort uh-huh. of flame less. You're just like, I'm just not going to be around. Yeah, it was irresponsible because the people should have heard from Joe Biden and understood his right. situation better. But for effectiveness, it's certainly a strategy that worked. You got to ignore the guy, but we can't. Yeah, this, that's this. right. Oh, and by the way, and I'm, we mentioned this on the last episode where I cited our friend and listener Robert Little about the app, the warrant application, right, and how hard it is because it's like, oh, just oh, if Trump is so concerned, he can just show us the warrant right now, and it was not actually that easy yeah. to do that, obviously, and it takes some time. And now, as you know, we were talking about well, and then he released it, and they're like, he didn't redact what he should have redacted. And it's like, okay, exactly. And there's the, of course, as we're now talking about the affidavit connected to the warrant, and the Department of Justice does not want that released because they're afraid that it's going to impact the investigation. So that's where we are now. Again, and everyone's left to speculate. I'm, and... I'm not making light of any of it, except for that we have been through this several times. Yeah. And we're working with incomplete information. And to my mind, ascribing infallibility to federal law wow. enforcement that has, and, and press and elites in government wow. who have proven. Since Russiagate. That what they want to do is lead, go down this road. Perhaps we shouldn't ascribe that right away. Perhaps we should ask more questions. Right. And we'll see where it heads, I guess. His argument. And again, Trump has his lawyers and they're going to the whole thing is going to come down to, I think. What power the president has to declassify and how that process is handled. But even that part of the story has changed because then they say it was all about classified documents. And then the press says, oh, no, no, 
the statutes named don't it doesn't matter if it's classified all right so even so maybe they didn't even take classified documents we maybe d- it's just the point is we the do point not is know. we just took some stuff <laughs> and we'll just give us some time we'll find something it's making us into this is crazy Look it's, what it's making doing. me crazy know, and gonna, and i'm not i know I'm, is, I'm emphatically not a trump partisan no, this is turning i just in, this show's turning into info wars is <laughs> <laughs> just oh, oh gosh okay. well you know yeah. he needs an air now I, yeah, he does. He does. Okay. So. Yeah. So there. That's that. I don't know. We're going to be talking about it for a long time. You wanted to talk about a. a, a oh, this is an, an issue. Story. A very important story about gender identity and the Greek system. Yes. Apparently. The Greek system. At the at now this is this is quite a quite a gambit. It is. Okay. A a biological male. I do not know all the details here. Attempted to rush Alabama's sororities. Uh-huh. Rushing an Alabama sorority is among the most challenging things that an American female can do. Like you can't to be like, a member. This, of, yeah. this is this is like the pinnacle of Southern femalehood. Okay, like yes, it's like Southern, yeah. you have to. Yeah. It is a lot of work, and you're very dedicated. I was not cut out for this, okay? I went to Georgia. You went to the University of Georgia. Were you, did you pledge? Were you in a sorority? No. That's interesting. How? I was an independent. Not to take a, uh, just a quick detour here, because I actually wrote it down with an asterisk. Were you in a sorority? I wanted to ask. Secondly, how, how much of a factor was Greek life at Georgia? It was big. Uh, it was a big deal. But you managed to get through and not be like, felt well, like you were left out. So what happened was, what had happened was, I didn't have any money. Oh. And it costs money to be in a sorority. I'm an out-of-state kid. I'm yeah. on scholarship. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it also didn't uh, really appeal to me. I didn't understand that situation. And when it comes to, like, being a woman in the Deep South, I don't have the coiffure, the Thing. yeah, the, the clothes. The, I, did, yeah. I just didn't have it, especially at that age. I was like, I can't, I can't afford this. Mm-hmm. When I got there, it was during rush week, and I had moved into my dorm, and I remember finding it sort of... More, more than a little bit disconcerting how seriously everyone was taking this because, of course, there are, there are people who desperately wanted to want oh, to get into certain all sororities. They got to be in. And I'm on the elevator with freshman girls dressed to the nines, beautiful, sobbing because they did not match where they wanted to match. And I started learning about this whole other culture that I just didn't know existed. And no, I was I was not part of it. I had many friends. Some of my best friends were sorority girls, <laughs> but I was not one of them. I just okay. played sports and okay. right. didn't spend right. my money on that. Good, good for you. But so, I got to yes. say, most of my friends had very positive yeah, experiences. No, yeah. I've heard. You know, yes. They weren't crying in the elevators, right. I guess. So this guy, what is the status on this, this person? So the story is that Grant Sykes, a transgender student at the University of Alabama, biological male, whose makeup slays, I must say. He's on TikTok. He's doing his outfit of the day. A couple years ago, TikTok became a very popular space for Southern sorority girls showing off their outfits because for every event, you have to have, you have to be styled. Mm -hmm. And I I imagine some of them hire people to style them. I mean, it is next level. Mm -hmm. And you go through all your accessories and so he's, he's doing the same thing or she's doing, I don't know what the pronouns are. Anyway, I don't know what the pronouns are. Roll Tide, baby. Uh, Alabama sororities. Did you see this story? There was a trans woman. A biological man, student at the University of Alabama, 
decided he was going to rush for sorority and wanted to be in the Alabama sororities. This is a man who identifies as a woman. These are heroic days, right, for men who identify as women. They can be the greatest swimmer that's ever existed. University of Alabama sororities all rejected this man who is claiming to be a woman from being able to be admitted to their sororities. As I said, roll tide, good for them. Point is, this student rushed and was rejected Mm. by all the sororities, which, look, I believe in women having spaces for women. And I know that the response is trans women are women. Therefore. But it is not the same. It's not the same. So these sororities are like, no, this is our space. That means there are no separate spaces anymore. Well, yes, that's how that works. And then you're you're a second class citizen in your space, which I don't think is good. or whatnot. Right. Competitively or just like. Yeah. Like if you're in a situation where, by the way, and this, this is one of the problems with this whole discussion. If the nature of your gender identity can be completely subjective, right? Mm-hmm. Then people with bad motives, and there are always people with bad motives, can act upon that. So then you're sort of arguing for your safety in a locker mm-hmm. room. And we have seen this. People say this is a myth. It doesn't happen. No, it does happen. There was a, there was a spa in California mm-hmm. where someone had to make many, many, many complaints mm-hmm. because this a man mm-hmm. was exposing himself and in violating the women. rules and right. making people feel uncomfortable. Like This is a real thing, and it's something we should consider, and I don't want to put women's safety aside because of this other thing where you can you can be, find ways to be inclusive mm-hmm. without doing that. So in Alabama, the sorority is like, nah. So there's probably going to be a lot of pushback against this, but it could lead to the complete dissolution of the Greek system because there is a separation between men and women, biologically speaking. And if it's just based on how you identify, then there is no difference anymore between a sorority or fraternity. Although I imagine the sorority hazing is easier than the fraternity hazing. Yes. Well, it's, it's more it's more it's mental, more so, mental more mind than physical. Games, it's, yeah. yes, more mind it's a mean girl situation. Yes, yes, no. So, I mean, but th- this person, Grant Sykes, wants to then obviously share bathroom right. privileges and shower privileges with these other girls who probably don't feel comfortable despite the fact that he identifies as a she. Right. Grant put out a statement, said, I'm hopeful of a future where everyone is welcomed for just being themselves everywhere. If you're going through a hard time today, remember that life is too short to ponder on the things lost and, you know, regrets that he was dropped from all of the like, yeah. 20 chapters. But Discrimination again, is his case. His well, case is- I think, look, if you're gonna if you're gonna go for the gold, go for the gold. And Alabama sorority is going oh, for the gold the pinnacle, when it comes to being a trans woman. Okay, but it did not work out this time. And I, I think that it's somewhat predictable that a an SEC school would be the one to draw the line on this. Would like, you? We're not, yes, we're not here for this. Yeah, they're not going to tolerate. But I like. I'm very interested to see what the pushback is going to be because they put themselves. Society has put themselves in this bind. Yes. How do they get out? And well, I'll be serious. And this is this is a thing where and this is slightly this is a tangent but i've heard from many parents this summer and read about more where concerns about overnight camps have become an issue because the camps don't know what to do and they are sometimes incentivized by state or federal monies and the rules they have to follow to get that money and and this is a a story i read in north carolina an lrb north carolina 4-h camp okay so this is the country in north carolina a 4-h camp an overnight camp a father called and asked explicitly about how they deal with cabins, and he was informed 
not through any communication of the camp officially, but because he asked that they assign based on whatever the gender identity is. And he said, so does that mean that my daughter could be in a camp Mm -hmm. at a cabinet overnight camp with a biological male who has not like fully transitioned? And they said, yes, that is a possibility. And he said, well, I guess we will not be doing this. And I just think, look, you know, the, the fashion is to say normalize it, normalize parents, not thinking that's okay. Yeah, it's fine to have concerns about that. Yeah, it does not yeah. make you a hater. No, that's what the, but that's what they want you to think. I like, know you're the you're the problem. You're the person who is not open minded. No. so you know. And this is yeah. the thing that's interesting to me is like, again, a farm camp yeah. in rural North yeah. Carolina. Yeah, and no one was happening there. This yes, and so I I do think there's an issue like you were saying the Greek system would what becomes of that, what becomes of overnight camps for kids? Yeah. I think they're going to run into real issues with this. It's the same thing as Abigail Schreier, your friend, was saying about, you know, all of her gay friends and lesbian friends who feel themselves threatened or attacked at their spaces. They don't have spaces anymore. So there's no spaces. There's no, like, lesbian bar where, you know, a guy is going to, hey, you're not welcome. Oh, they better welcome Well, and a, a guy who identifies as a female. I'm getting on a bit of a soapbox yeah. I didn't mean to get on, but I, I have three daughters, and I think it's I think it's important in the world to know that you can trust your gut and express discomfort when you're in a space like a locker room or a cabin. And if you are essentially bullied into not expressing that, that becomes dangerous for kids. For a very small minority. It, it's not. People, everybody has to it's just I want everything. them to know that they can say, what they this mean. is not working for me. And I was encouraged to say that. And yeah. now it's like we're encouraging them the opposite. Yes. I don't like, I don't like it. I don't like it. I will say this about the sorority situation. There's a movie where this very situation happened, and I recommend it to our listeners. It's from 2002. It's called Sorority Boys. It's family. It's not. It's really not for the kids. But I think you have to be. It's it's a great movie where these guys. A guy is in love with this girl. Yeah, that's right, Mary Catherine. Look it up on your phone. A guy's <laughs> I'm in looking love. Up yeah, look, look look at the poster. It's great. And the guy's in love with the girl. And so, in order to pursue her, he. And his two buddies disguise themselves as women to get into a sorority. Oh my gosh, how beautiful. Antics. Antics. Antics and Much Oh, that's like Bosom Buddies, too. Oh, yeah, Bosom Buddies is the same way with Tom Hanks Bosom and Buddies. Uh, also, super problematic. Soul Man, things that couldn't be made now. Oh, no. Remember yeah. that Even one. It, was, it was controversial. People were upset about it at the time. But, you know, but it meant to con- Soul Man starring C. Thomas Howell and Ray Don Chong, by the way, and James Earl Jones. I remember all the people in this movie. Where, if people are wondering what this movie about Soul Man is, where C. Thomas Howell, who is white, could not get into Harvard, so he convinces people that he is black and he takes these pills so that his skin color changes. Okay, that's a little bit of a stretch. Yeah. And, but then he experiences discrimination as a black man. So, I mean, it was, it was meant to, at the time to show you, hey, you know. And then, and then, and also in this vein, white chicks starting oh, right, right, right. White chicks is another one. So look these movies up, everybody. Colin gives it a yeah, bit. Colin two, gives thumbs two thumbs up. up from Colin. White Chicks, Soul Man, and Sorority Boys. Right, so we've gone from problematic commentary on Grant, whose TikTok videos on makeup application I will absolutely watch. And through through all the problematic movies, I think this one's going to come with a banner, like with a warning, right? Oh, we're we didn't get even slapped mention, on the knee. We didn't we're even mention slapped. COVID this time. No, we didn't. Look at us. Oh, look at us. Wait we're, till next we're overachieving. Show. All right. That wraps up another edition of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. I am Mary Catherine Ham. I'm at MK Hammer on Twitter and Substack at MK Hammer Time on 
Instagram. Thanks for being with us. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast.